Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag Appears. Oh, brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of the Feather and Fur Podcast. Your host, Brad Hurlebus. And first, huge shout out to Brian Schiller and the Paddle and Finn crew and everyone else that took part of that new intro. I know y'all heard that. I mean, that that's pretty solid. So, but tonight we've got a good guest on, the OG host himself, Brian Schiller. <laughs> I could tell you were like. All right, when does this end? When do I need to come in? <laughs> what I learned during the outro is that there's a bar across the bottom. Bottom, the yeah. yeah. That it's just like a play bar on YouTube or something. <laughs> and, and once I finally put the pieces together, I'm like, oh, man, now I can relax. Now I just don't have to be here. Like, tip my seat. Like, <laughs> when do I go? When do I go? Like, is it now? Is it now? Now I, I can go back yeah. to the beer and be like, we're good. I always forget to mention that to guys like, uh, you know, our guys on Pedal and Finn, like, because I finally realized that there was a bar there. But uh, 
I just I, I'm the one that usually makes all that stuff, so I know when it ends. But you were like, "Oh, we got a new intro right before we started," and I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. You should like it." And, uh, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I should have told him where it ended." So <laughs> we figured no, it out. Or no, you it's all it. it's all good, man. I, I I know to watch that little bar at the bottom now. Like that, that's the key for the outro, so you know when to end the podcast for less editing. Sure. No, for sure. I appreciate that. Less work for me. <laughs> I aim to please. We got the boss man on tonight, people. The boss man. Fun stuff, man. I have ever have I ever been on with you before? I think once, maybe, right? Like once for sure. We talked deer hunting or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, that was after deer camp, right? For the opener or something. I think so. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it was a good time. Well, we get to talk about fun stuff tonight, so I'm excited. I'm excited too. I haven't done this yet. We're gonna talk about a we're gonna talk about gear. It's going to be a gear episode, new gear we bought, new gear we're excited to maybe buy and like just money that's got a hole in our pocket that we're looking to spend. Like it's going to be fun. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I, I, I just bought something and I want to get your take on that. Well, I bought a couple things, but one thing I haven't talked to you about yet. So we'll, oh, we, we'll gotta, get to we that. might as well just break the ice with that then. Cause now I'm or it's, actually, let's break the ice with your big purchase. Like maybe this is, maybe that wasn't your big purchase, but no, it I'm was super, it definitely. Yeah. That's that, the one you're referring to is the big purchase. Can we talk about that? Does your wife know? Oh yeah, she knows. Yeah, <laughs> I told I told her she like, and that was the thing. I told her day of, and I was like, yeah, so I'm going to buy a new shotgun today, and she was like, you what? And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna buy a new shotgun today, and she was like, okay, whatever, <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> but yeah, bought a new uh, bought a new duck gun. Um, you know, I've been rocking that Remington 870 pump action for long enough. And last year, I just kind of realized, like, I was getting super excited and short chucking, you know, shells and getting jammed up because I was, you know, you're trying to get those shots in before ducks fly right. off. And and uh, so it, it was time I pulled the trigger and uh Bought a uh, TriStar Viper G2 12-gauge semi-auto um, new duck gun. It's got the Cerakote on it. Nice, beautiful walnut buttstock. And uh, I get to pick it up tomorrow, actually. That's so going to be awesome, excited. man. Yeah. And- Wonderful Illinois. They got a three-day hold now on firearm purchases. And the way it used to be was shotguns and rifles was one day and a one day hold 24 hour hold and handguns was three days and now everything's three days or 72 hours because the dude's like all right you could pick it up thursday at 5 10 p.m no earlier and i was like okay understood do do we need to know the seconds here yeah yeah (laughs) i was like about ready to ask him he's like trust me it's dumb and 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 that goes to show right like I haven't bought a gun in a hot minute, you know, like Obama was still in office, I think, when I bought my last gun. So, but, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was, it was something that was coming, you know, it's like talking to Jay and, you know, the king of like, oh, I'm just going to buy another gun. And, you know, he's (laughs) got 8 million in a safe and one in each room in his house in Tennessee and, you know, all that good stuff. But, you know, between talking to you, talking to him, and a, and a couple other people I know, and uh, 
you know, I actually got the recommendation from you. You know, you're you own a TriStar. And... I do. I own a Viper G2 and 20 gauge, and it's been a phenomenal upland <clears throat> gun. And I, I, I'll admit, like, I got that from a friend. I bought it off of him, and he had it really set up. We reshimmed it to me because it comes with a shim kit. But one thing he went out and did, mine's a 20 gauge, not a 12, but he bought the youth barrel. So that gun with that 24 inch barrel, I think it's a 24. I don't think it's a 20. I think it's a 24 for grouse was a phenomenal little gun because it's so light it's so yeah. compact it and i've i've taken multiple birds with that and i also use it for duck too because i've got the 28 inch barrel so i'll go out there it's it's my it's my pothole gun for ducks is really what it is it's sure it's a great little gun yeah and i saw i've seen that in action you know hunting with you and stuff and and that was the first thing, dude, like I noticed because uh, I saw they had it in stock at the at the local Cabela's and uh, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to go pretty much buy the thing. And we had a long, extensive conversation between 12 gauge and 20 gauge. And, you know, like I was going to go the 20 route, but then they didn't even have it, even though they said they had it in stock online. Right um they had a 28 and i'm like yeah i don't need to go that low anything i think he said he had a 410 as well um 28 on my list man but when i get my 28 it'll be a side by side yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. that'll be a perfect little upland gun dude oh it'll be so sad like for a woodcock gun yeah. even a grouse gun like there's no complaints for 28 and grouse but there's just something appealing to them little shells. Like, but then again, I've also got a big, I've got a big itch for a 16 gauge too. Cause I don't have a 16 yet. Sure. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's, it, they're all relevant, right? They're all going to do the same job. And, and that's kind of what I took away from that. Like, you know, my big concern is like, this is going to be my main waterfowl gun and I'll probably use it for like some upland stuff that I may do with you. You know right, what I mean? Like right. I usually get out at least once a year with you, you know, uh, walking behind the dog, which is always super fun and very unique. And, uh, you know, I was like, I was, I was kind of worried, like, you know, is a 20 going to be underpowered for geese, but at the same time, not at all. I mean, it, I think it, it really isn't. I mean, yeah. if you look at it, I mean, if we exclude shot pattern, if we exclude the pattern, an ounce of shot is an ounce of shot. So if right. you've got a 12 gauge, three inch shell that has one ounce of number twos in it, and you've got a 20 gauge, three inch shell that's got one ounce of number twos in it. Now Same I know difference. shells aren't, it's identical. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that was kind of like one of the thoughts I kept going back and forth on, like, you know, I definitely prefer to shoot ducks over geese, but if a, a goose flies in front of me, like, yeah, it's, it's, taking a dive for sure but um yeah it, that was one of the first things i noticed when i got there because uh you know i got to the the store after work and uh i i was you know had it pulled up on my phone and i said to the dude i'm like i don't see this up there on any of the racks like do you do you have this it says it had you have it in stock and the one they said they had in stock was in a mossy oak pattern um which they didn't have the mossy oak pattern in stock, but um, they had the one with the beautiful walnut butt end or butt stock. And uh, this, you know, the mossy oak one was Cerakoted. The barrel was Cerakoted too. 
Um, so the barrel that I got doesn't have that Cerakote, which we can talk about that too, but that's fine. Um, like it don't like that Cerakote's great. Like it's just one more corrosion preventative, right? Yeah. And we're yeah, hard yeah. on duck guns. Like any yeah. waterfowl hunter will admit, like our guns are wet. They chop up corn stalks. Like they're, they, they get <laughs> mud in them. I mean, sure. it, I mean, we're not, waterfowl hunters are not easy on equipment, no matter how equipment focused you are and how good you want to keep your stuff. It's just a rough, rough sport. It really is. But I mean, even if you don't have a barrel that's coated, like if it's yeah. just a blued barrel, as long as you run, as long as you run a little oil over it after, if it got wet, dry it off. Like that's the first yeah. thing I do. Like I set it up, I set, I take it apart, I dry it, I let it sit to dry, and then I run some oil over it. And my Beretta's been to legitimately hell and back with me. And does sure. it have some scars on it? Sure. Is there any rutting or pissing, rusting or pitting? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, and that and then that was a conversation we had, right? You know, like that doesn't necessarily, you know, that wasn't gonna steer me off. But so dude pulls it straight out of the box, puts it together, and uh, you know, hands it to me. And the first thing I noticed was how light it was compared to my 870. It's like it's like picking up my 870s a cinder block, and uh, you know my the the new one is like a clay brick like to give you some like relevance there you know like super light and i'm like oh my god i'm already in love and uh you know i asked the dude i was like is it the same price because i think online it said it was on sale for like 649 or something so it's like not bottom of the barrel but it's it's a nice gun dude you know and right. it's not it's not your benelli or whatever but it's not um, a break the bank price point for a yeah. super high quality semi-automatic semi-auto waterfall gun yeah and th and that was just it you know and um so uh dude's like i don't know usually it's more with like the uh, wood finished buttstock and i was like okay and he goes over and scans it and he's like 599 i'm like even better so <laughs> sold yeah yeah but just just holding it and uh swinging it a little bit in the in the store um you know i'm i'm super stoked about it so like i said i get to pick it up tomorrow i'm gonna actually go to the trap range on uh sunday i think and uh do a little shooting with it and kind of see you know uh how much i like it but do you have a mini yeah. do you have a mini mag light Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do I have a mini mag light? Yeah, yeah I got a I got a Pelican mini mag light. All right. Well, a mini mag light. I'm hopeful. Hopefully, the Pelican will too. Will fit in the barrel of a 12 gauge. Okay. So what you should do before you even go to the trap, before you even go shoot some clays with it, because the TriStars and a lot of other guns out there come with shim kits. You can adjust, adjust your drop and cast. And if you've never been fitted, you really don't know what dimensions you need yet. Sure. So a really good trick to try to figure out how you're how you shoulder your gun is close, like put that mag light or that Pelican on the tightest beam possible. Right. Okay. 
close your eyes and shoulder the gun pointing to the corner of the wall on your ceiling in that triangle you get. Okay. Shoulder your gun with your eyes closed. And when you open your eyes, you should be looking down the barrel. If you're not, adjust your cast and shim until when you shoulder that, like, and shoulder it a handful of times. Cause if, if, if you don't have a super consistent shoulder, you want to grab your average, right. And consistency okay. comes with practice. So shoulder that gun into the corner, see if that light should be pointing right in the corner and your head should be right down that barrel. If it's not change your shims a little bit, get that thing. I let I, my body build and how I shoulder. I like a lot of drop. Like I enjoy, like, to me, when I shoulder shim my guns, I need a quite a bit of drop, more drop than what other people I think might enjoy or need. But that's just how I shoulder. And once I get my guns shimmed how I need them, when I shoulder into the corner, I'd say eight times out of ten, as long as I like when I focus, I put my head down and I do a good proper shoulder, I'm perfectly in line with that light in the corner of that wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to give that a shot, dude. I've I've never done that before. I'll do that in the beginning of the season too. And I, I know this is the gear episode and whatever we're getting off track. Yeah. But like I'll do that in the beginning of the season before hunting starts. I'll throw that light in that shotgun and I'll just practice shouldering for like five or ten minutes, like a night, like just getting those repetitions in. Like sure, that really helps. Do for me, I have a bad habit, and I know a lot of people do, of lifting my head because I want to yeah. see what's going on and building that muscle memory of keeping my head down really does pay play into a huge factor of early season for me not missing birds i i mean i'm a huge yeah i i have that issue a lot like i'm too focused on what's going on rather than aiming so to speak and like right i'm not saying i'm like just pointing the gun around recklessly i'm you know i'm just i'm not getting getting it up to my face sometimes and i'm just kind of shooting and in in the meantime i'm missing birds you know what i mean so that's a that's a good point and i think that might be part of my problem right is like that remington it was just a little oddball and that and i think i was like trying to position myself and this is what i foresee happening too like my first time out like i'm gonna try pumping that thing <laughs> after every time i shoot um so i'm gonna have to like remember like hey dummy it's a semi-auto but um yeah i'm i'm interested to see you know um it it felt super good uh shouldering it in the store um so and it just feels more comfortable and the lightness of it like for those times I do go like maybe upland hunting, like it's going to be super nice compared to what I was using, you know, and I may do with what I had, you know, and and that's just it, right? Like, you know, I, I mean, it's nice to get those new toys and stuff, but I don't want to steer anybody away from like just going out and buying a cheap pump shotgun. And I think I bought that and man, it was probably... 2010 2012 maybe somewhere in there um you're i mean use what you can afford like yeah i mean you don't I, have to buy a super fancy shotgun by any means yeah we'll pick no. up a, a i think they're still making that 870s i know remington shut yeah. down and like everything else so i'm not exactly sure where they're at but like the mossberg pumps 
the, yeah, the, the Novas, yeah. all of that stuff. I mean, yeah. there's probably been more birds killed with an eight. Like, I don't know Dude. for sure, but there's been more, probably more birds killed with an 870 than most of your fancy semi autos. Yeah. I mean, I've shot pheasants, ducks, geese, woodcock, you know, like I've missed some, uh, some grouse for sure. I've definitely missed some grouse, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, like I bought that gun, you know, purposely for that but like i didn't know you when i bought it and i didn't know anybody that that bird hunted or duck hunted and it was always something i wanted to get into um but i bought that gun used i think i paid like 280 bucks for it sure you know what i mean and it was a great gun it's still a great gun and now i have it if somebody i know wants to go and doesn't have a shotgun you know like um you know that's that's a cool thing like I was talking to my old man on the phone. I'm like, I'm probably going to go to the trap range Sunday. I'm like, I got an extra shotgun now if you want to go. And the old man used to shoot trap way before I, I was even a thought. Sure. Um, and uh, he's like, I haven't done that in years. That'd be a blast. So I might get to go shoot trap with the old man this weekend. Nice. And I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, that should be a good time. But another I mean, thing, another thing that you get that, I'm a big fan of personally. I the always chokes. bring up not not only like different chokes, but like that's a whole different. But I'm a huge fan of always bringing a backup shotgun with me on yeah. trips. Sure. So like when I go up north grouse hunting for grouse camp for a weekend for a week, or yeah. my other grouse trips for a week, or waterfall trips for five days. I mean to have your like. There's so many. I mean, it's still a mechanical thing. Are guns solid? They are. Could sure. something mechanically break at any given time? You have yeah. no idea between a gun, a car, whatever it is, my boat, like something could break. Sure. I would hate for a trip to be ruined because yeah. something on my shotgun broke and now I'm not, that's the only gun I brought. So like in your situation, like keeping yeah. that 870 pump, like yeah. now you can bring that with because it's still a perfectly reliable gun. And if you come up to the Northern opener with me for Docker, whatever, like, I'll always have a backup shotgun, but now you have a backup shotgun that you have confidence in. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that was the thing too. Cause, uh, the old man was like, he, he finally got his Foyd card, you know, like back in his day when he was into guns, he didn't need a Foyd card mm-hmm. in Illinois. But, uh, so he finally got it and he was like, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll buy that shotgun from you. And I was like, whoa, 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 buddy. <laughs> like, uh, you can go buy your own damn shotgun. I'm going to keep mine, you know, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely cool because, and that's what I was telling the wife. I'm like, well, now I got a backup if something happens, you know, like, you know, firing pin doesn't go or a spring breaks or, like you said, it's it's all mechanical, you know. So, um, you know, it's nice to have that backup for sure. Um, but I'm 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 stoked to to just see what it does for my shooting game because I I shot pretty damn good with that 870. When I was focused on, you know, what I was shooting on, you know, but uh, um, now more so, you know, with just losing half the weight, like, um, right. I'm really hoping it increases because, um, I mean, I'll go shoot trap and I'll get, you know, 18 to 20 out of 25 typically with the 870. So, um, you know, if, if I would learn to calm myself, I'd probably shoot that many ducks and geese you know but 
That's a uh, hard. I mean, that's a yeah. hard challenge right there. I mean, the other thing is, you have more time than you think you do. Well, yeah, totally, totally, and and that's just it, right? Like, I'm all I'm always the guy that's like, when I'm hunting with you, I'm like, can we shoot yet? Can we shoot yet? And you're like, Jesus Christ, just wait, dude. <laughs> um, you know, and and that's just it. Um, whereas, like, and, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Let me throw that out there first and foremost because, like, you taught me patience in you know, getting ducks to land in the decoys and things like that. And that's not just like pass shooting, you know, a bunch of birds, you know, um, it makes that hunt way more unique and I appreciate it way more, you know? So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's super cool. I'm stoked on, on the new gun and, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I told you personally, but, I'm going to focus a little more on waterfall this year than I did, than I will on deer. Like I'm still going to deer hunt, obviously, but you know, I was bow hunting pretty much five days a week until the time change. And then it was like every single weekend. And, you know, I really neglected the, the duck hunting, you know, and I, I enjoy it, uh, just as much as I do deer hunting. Um, but you know, like, we've talked about you put in put in the work and you know where the the birds are landing you know it could uh uh you know potentially be a lot more exciting than sitting in a deer stand and not seeing a deer all day you know so it's completely different hunting styles and that's yeah. my like oh, yeah. that's the hard part with fall because you have to choose like you have to yeah. prioritize and like i've been in kind of the routine for the past couple of years where i've only been hunting deer during gun season or late archery when everything else is closed my october sure. already this year i mean my october is pretty much booked with grouse hunting through the end through the late of october i was thankful i'm super thankful that the rough grouse society reached out and asked me to be a volunteer guide for their rough grouse camp and do a mentor hunt with two mentor with two mentees like i'm super thankful for that and that starts yeah. off my grouse season at the end of September That's and cool. then the, the very next weekend I'm back up north taking a dog trainer out who's never been grouse hunting huge yeah. waterfowl train huge great dog trainer in Illinois uh kicking bass retrievers super big into waterfowl and and like pheasant and other upland species but he's never had the opportunity to come up north in northern Wisconsin and chase grouse so we've got a trip planned for that and that's cool then a week later then two weeks later it's grouse camp six days in the up chasing grouse nice so it's like you have to it, it it's so hard to fit everything in in because i mean really we have october and november if you really think about it i mean that's all you have for duck season you get 60 days yeah yeah it's rough man and especially because like part of that season falls during the rut as well yep. you know it's just like it, you know, and don't get me wrong. And like I told you, I'm like, I'm definitely bow hunting the rut, you know? Um, For sure. I mean, you got to bow hunt the rut. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, you know, and uh, sorry, my phone started ringing and my screen went blank and I thought my internet dropped. So I was like nope. freaking out. Nope. Uh, I, I saw the look in your face. That's why, that's why I started I to like, talk. So you like, knew what, you were still on the show. Well, I don't normally have my screen blown up because I'm usually running comments and stuff because I do all my stuff live. You know how that right, goes. Right. But um, anyways, um, 
Yeah, man. It, I mean, it's 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 tough, and it kind of sucks at the same time. But you know, I what northern openers like third to last week of September, southern openers last week of September. Yeah, you're, you're and, close. Southern openers last week of September, northern open or I'm sorry, northern openers last week of September, southern openers first week of October normally. Is it? I thought it yep. was I thought it was the other way around. Either way, like I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to go up for the northern opener where we went yes uh last year. Sure. Um cuz I just had a lot of fun with that and it it was a beautiful little spot, you know. Um so I'm yeah, trying to we can definitely try to make something happen there for sure. Like, yeah, there's, I've got thoughts there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely figure that out. Um, but you know, like I'm just, I, I want to focus more on it this year. I want to get better at it. You know, um, it's fun. Like the one thing I enjoy so much about waterfall hunting is you get to share the blind with someone else. And while you can share a tree stand with someone, and I've done it before, it's all whispers and quiet and serious at all times. Whereas duck hunting, I'm shooting a shotgun next to you to wake you up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there may or may not be footage of that out there on the internet. Yeah. Well, well, and that's just it, right? Like, you know, that, that camaraderie aspect of waterfall hunting, like you can sit and talk. You don't have to whisper you know, uh, worry about your scent or, you know, things like that, you know, and cooking breakfast in the blind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I play into all that stuff when it comes to deer hunting, don't get me wrong, but you know, there's just an aspect of waterfowl hunting, man, that I just really enjoy. Um, so I'm, I'm super stoked for that. And so, so leading into that other purchase decoys. Yeah. So I bought a I bought a dozen, um northern flight decoys which is like the cabela's brand right and like i wanted to get your take on this because my mindset on it i I think they got a dozen mallards right now six hens six drakes uh 59 bucks that's i mean that's cheap i mean you can't i mean even if the paint only lasts for a handful of years at that that price you can just replace them and that's kind of what my thought was on it and i was like I'm just going to pick it up. You know, I'm, I'm focusing more on ducks. I need to get some more wood duck decoys. I only got five, but, uh, would you shoot I, one? No, dude. I don't know. We must've lost it somewhere. <laughs> and I don't know where. Cause like, <laughs> like I told you earlier, like I was, uh, going through all my decoys and I remember last year I bought those short, um, rigs. And, uh, so I swapped all those out. And, um, I bought two butt decoys too. And, um, so I was getting all that stuff ready and I'm like, where's my sixth freaking wood duck decoy? Like they don't come in five packs. They come in six packs (laughs) and it's, it's a, it's a hen that's missing. So whatever. Um, I'll dig, I haven't my, this weekend, I'm actually going to tear apart all my decoys, clean them, maybe touch (laughs) up some paint, that type of stuff. See if it's in one of the six bags I have. Yeah, yeah. I well, and that's one thing I thought about too. Maybe it got tossed in one of your bags, but especially being a hen, it's 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 not the end of the world, right? Because like my little wood duck spot is just a narrow little creek, but 
Um, so I bought a dozen of those, man. And, and like, you know, you see the super high end decoys, but, and I'm glad you agree or stated what I was thinking was like, you know, for 60 bucks, man, if these things last like even two seasons, right. You know, like who cares, you know? Right. Um, I mean, really, I mean, my thought there, like if I was really, if you could, what you could do, I mean, even if they lasted only two seasons and the paint turns to trash, yeah, I just turn them into bluebill decoys. I'd paint them myself, turn them into bluebill decoys and start making a diver spread. Sure. Sure. I mean, divers yeah. are divers for the most part. I mean, they're, they're getting smarter as they get more pressure, but for, but they're way dumber than puddle ducks in my opinion. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. For sure. For sure. But no, I mean, they look like a freaking duck. I mean, it's going to sit in the water like a duck. Like, who cares? Like, you know, so I picked those up and I, I've always been curious on what, because I mean, we've talked about, about it briefly in the past, but like, you know, decoys themselves, like, you know, I know guys will go out and spend, you know, 200 bucks or whatever it is on a dozen decoys. And it's like, for what? Like, you're going to throw them out there. They're going to get banged up on your, you know, weights and you're going to throw them in a big bag. You know, maybe you got one of those fancy little divider bags, <laughs> but like, you know, like for what, you know, it's there is just... something to be said in certain conditions, fully flock decoys can make a difference. Okay. They're like, especially those bright bluebird days where they don't reflect sun the same and things like that. There are times where a fully flocked decoy can make a difference. Okay. I'm, I could see that. I never thought about it that way. I'm pretty careful with my gear, but not careful enough where I want to spend the, the put the investment in or the time taking care of fully flocked decoys, to be honest. That's why I don't own them. Yeah, and that's one of my thoughts, right? Like I abuse gear, so like, you know, I'm I'm not interested in like having to put on a pair of white gloves to pick up my decoys out of the water and, you know, place them in a padded case. So to speak. Well, I know but, I know guys that have fully flocked full body male full body geese and whatnot and they will bag them in individual bags and then put them in slotted bags. Every yeah. decoy is in two bags. I'm like I ain't got time for that. I'm going to go buy me a couple dozen Bigfoot full bodies that you literally yeah. can throw into a trailer as hard as you want. Nothing happens to them. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's my next step is getting some goose decoys. They're just so goddamn expensive, you know? Like They are. I mean... I, th I think it's like 80 bucks for a four-pack right now. Yeah, I mean, it and took I'm me a while like, to get... Uh, I think I have two and a half or three dozen goose floaters now. Yeah. So, I mean, it took me a while to get there. I mean, just because that there is quite a bit of cost in those in those yeah. floaters. For yeah. field hunting, though, I have made the full switch to silhouettes and a handful of shells, and I've been super pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's interesting, man. Like, you know, because actually my old man's got a couple of them, dude, like wood-carved decoys, and I forget who the guy is, but a friend of his um, – I think it was like her father passed away or something like that. And he had these decoys and she was going to throw them away. Oh. And he was like, what are you doing? And uh, uh, he grabbed them. And I think one's a mallard and one's a woody. Um, but like hand carved wood decoys, you know, that's cool. 
Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, make sure you leave that in your will for me. But, uh, <laughs> uh um, no, it's, it's something cool. And like, I know that's what they used to do back in the day or like guys pay like a lot of money for that crap, you know? And, um, but you know, I know one year you told me like, I think it was my first year you, and I was going to buy some decoys. You're like, just get the big foots. They're like 80 bucks for a dozen or something like that. And, uh, of course the other day when I bought my shotgun, I'm like walking through, like grabbing a couple things. And, uh, I saw they had those for 60 bucks and I was like, can't go wrong for that. You can't, you just can't give me a dozen, you know? So yeah, i that was the other purchase. It wasn't anything huge. It was just uh, trying to get your take on on decoys, you know. They, I mean, would a higher quality decoy maybe have a slightly better hunt over? Possibly. Sure. It'd be really hard to justify it in the right. cost game. Like some people can justify it. I personally can't. Also, it's really hard to quantify. Like, did those fully flocked decoys make the difference, or did you do a better job scouting? Yeah, right. You know right, what right. I mean? Like, right. There's so many things that play into it. And I think the size of your decoy spreads, the type of decoys you're using play more into it than the manufacturer of the decoy. I mean, if you got a bunch yeah. of guys around you hunting over like five dozen decoys, right? you pick a smaller backwater spot and put out half a dozen, it's a different look and you'll probably have better success. Now, if you're hunting around a bunch of guys with a bunch of small spreads, maybe you throw out a stupid large spread then to have that different look. And I feel like I get better results doing things like that than I do buying higher quality decoys. Sure. 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 No, I agree with that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things like, like the same thing with the discussion between the 12 gauge and the 20 gauge, like it's 20 gauge underpowered, you know, Right. Not if you're shooting the same amount of shot. Right. Exactly. You know? So I think it's the same thing. I was just curious, like kind of what your take was on it. And I knew you'd be like, perfect, you know, 60 right. bucks. Oh, yeah. It can't Do go it. wrong, you know, especially yeah, when. Right. Yeah. Especially I think like in the other thought was, is like, I'm trying to build an arsenal of some decoys, you know what right. I mean? So I got some, some stock of this and that. And, you no, know, like I, I would said, say I, like, if you're going to build ever build a small decoy spread, like if you want like those smaller potholes where you're going to hunt like half a dozen or a dozen birds, I would get half a dozen or a dozen high quality decoys. Yeah. But like, see, your large, like your large spreads, like, and you're still trying to build those decoy numbers for a large spread. Sure. Those $60 decoys will work just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier, I think I got like, I got two and a half three dozen maybe i don't remember off the top of my head and and i added those two butt floaters and sure you know i've been you know i got uh i got a mojo you know so like slowly picking up things here and there to to add to uh the spread uh so to speak but no it's cool man i i dig it and uh yeah i mean who doesn't love extra hunting gear? <laughs> right. I've got a couple of good purchases this year. Uh, I picked up a bulk pack of Boss shells. I, I bit the bullet to nice. try the copper-plated steel, and I'm really excited to give those a try. I picked them up for my 20-gauge in the 3.5 blend. Nice. I, think, I, I really think it's going to be a solid choice in the 20. I really do. What did so the case a- of those run? 
there's 200 in a case and i think they're like 270 or 80 bucks yeah that ain't bad um that ain't bad at all man because i think uh the other day too when i was there i picked up five boxes which is 100 shells um or no that's 125 shells right 25 in a box 25 yep um so they were 23 a piece sure yeah, like 23 and change or something and it's those winchesters i like to shoot the the what do they call them you rocking the super x white boxes the what the super x is it the super x i don't know what you're shooting yeah the super express or something right yeah yeah, yeah. those are the ones yeah so, yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm real excited to try them boss out. I mean, I was shooting copper, I was shooting plated steel last year with the Browning Wicked Wing XDs. Yeah, and in my 12 gauge, those in twos were phenomenal. I've been trying to hunt down a case, haven't been able to find one. I might try buying. I might grab a. I might grab a bulk pack of 12 gauge as well for for mine. Um, but I've really been a fan of that plated steel lately. Like last year i really feel like it made a really big difference and part of that could be maybe i i mean i took i took the shot cam off my off my gun maybe i was swinging better but like those longer shots i i did take longer being 35 to 40 yards because i don't really do much pass shooting so like it'd be like after you take your initial shot at a flock of working birds those second and third shots yeah yeah those second and third shots i had far less cripples and i just hammered birds and put them on the water yeah yeah which is huge man and and that's that's the thing too with those winchesters that i'm shooting is uh they they pack a little extra punch you know so they're they shoot a little faster too which is getting me a little bit more distance but yeah yeah i'm I'm curious to see how those are going to match up with the new gun yeah spend a little time at the pattern board see what see what it likes see what chokes it likes i mean you might find that new gun hates those shells i've had that happen before sure i mean yeah it'll be interesting to see that's part like a lot of people like everybody in deer hunting they all go like, like they scope and they they make sure their sights are accurate and everything else i feel like that's a step that's really missed in waterfall is people don't take the time to to go out there and pattern their shotgun just to see what it looks like on a 30 inch circle at 30 yards yeah 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 i gotta find a spot where i can go and do that you know uh, i got a spot i got yeah. land we can go do that on not a problem nice nice yeah, because the uh, the trap range, I don't think you can do that there, um, just because of where it's located. Sure. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's cool stuff, man. Shells, I love it. What it? What's with these? Uh, dude, who was it? Was it Kent or something? They were like sixty bucks a box. Bismuth. Bismuth. Yeah. I'm like, it's a super high density, non toxic shot yeah i personally can't afford it (laughs) like i could afford it i'm not saying i can't but i miss so many birds i'm not willing to spend that much per shell right 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 but they hit really really hard people say they shoot better than lead ever did and you can downsize your shot quite a bit creating much more effective patterns so i know guys shooting fives on like late season geese and they're shooting sevens on ducks 
So you're getting like super high pellet count with a lot of density and they're lethal. Isn't that, uh, couldn't that be illegal though, right? Because like, uh, don't they have a shot size for ducks and geese? There's no minimum size. There's a maximum size. I don't believe, if I remember correctly, you can't shoot larger than T. If I remember correctly, it's T shot. You can't go larger than. Okay. But as far as I know, there's no minimum. Like you, if you gotcha. had a, like if you shot number nines in tungsten at like twenty yards, it'd probably be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just throwing so many pellets out there with such a high density that yeah, like they're. Yeah, for some reason, maybe I was reading that backwards. Like I thought, yeah, you can go below like a three or something, four. I don't know. Anyways. But that makes sense. Not in Wisconsin, I haven't read every state laws out there. Some states might be more restrictive than others. Sure, 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 sure. I'll throw no, that I... out there right now. Don't take my, don't take me for <laughs> Bible or gospel. But Brad told me on the Paddle right. and Finn podcast, Mister DNR Officer. <laughs> Here, let me pull it up for you. Yeah, yeah. Listen to what this guy says. That's what I out, did. I'm going to edit out this part. <laughs> I'm going to edit out the disclaimer. Yeah. Right. But the other thing no, that's I, cool. What else yeah, did you get? The other thing I just picked up tonight was two marsh seats, folding marsh seats. So I'm pretty excited about the, those. Oh, those are the ones you were telling me about that kind of like stake into the ground, right? Yep. It's basically a stake yeah. with some wings that fold out, preventing it from sinking too far in the mud. And the post is height adjustable. So no more like trying to find halfway level ground to set your bucket on or set like a folding chair on or something like this here. You can just stick in the muck. And it'll hold up and like you can get it level and no more trying to fight a bucket and falling over backwards. Yeah, that's huge, dude. Huge. That you can adjust the height. So, I mean, you can make it like a leaning post almost too if you put it up higher. That's cool too. That's cool too. And you got those from Those are Cabela's. Cabela's? Nope, those are Cabela's. Yeah. Yep, Northern Flight. They're on sale right now. So, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, I think they're going to make. I think they're going to make a nice addition to when I'm not hunting in a boat or out of the kayak when I'm shore hunting. Yeah. Or they'll also be nice, like if you're hunting standing corn or something like that too. I'll probably also use it for that. Ooh, I found a spot today. I'll have to tell you about it. But they got <laughs> corn planted there in the marshes right there. Nice. So when that corn gets cut, that might be a good place to go. Game but on. uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I was thinking about my little creek spot when you were telling me that, and I got off the phone with you uh, yesterday. I was like, dude, I should get those for that that little creek spot to sit under that tree. You know, that'd be that'd be good there too. Like, it's just it's kind of it's it's just a seat on an adjustable spike, but when you get those weird marsh conditions, like it's hard to get chairs and buckets and other things to balance yeah. right. So they were on sale, and I wanted to try them for a while. So I'm pretty jacked up to get those yeah i'm interested to hear your feedback on those and and how well they work or maybe one of these times when we're out hunting try them out you know um yeah i'm curious i'm curious because that sounds super cool to be able to just hike this little thing in and set it up yeah and it's got a shoulder strap and they're pretty lightweight for being steel like i, I think they're i'm pretty sure they're steel there's no way they're aluminum like yeah yeah you're too cheap to be aluminum <laughs> <laughs> yeah with aluminum prices probably not right but uh yeah i yeah. think those 
those will be cool. Um, not super much else on the agenda. The only other thing I'm debating on is maybe up is maybe changing my dog collar out and going from my dog to Pathfinder and moving over to a Garmin Garmin Alpha. That's about the only other thing I'm considering doing this year. Yeah, dude, those dog electronics are super sweet. Like just mind blowing to me. That's yeah, a whole um, other game. Whole yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen your whole thing, and you're like, "Yeah, Pippa's right up here," and I'm like, "What?" Like, you're like so yeah. that's kind of why I'm debating. Like, I like tech. Like, I I geek out on tech. I always have, and sure, most of my tech that I have when it comes to hunting stuff is Garmin. I run a Garmin Pro 550. Um, it's or is it the 550? It's the non GPS, non GPS collar. I love it. I run a Garmin watch. I run Garmin GPS. I run a lot of Garmin stuff. Mm-hmm. My Pathfinder doesn't link to my watch. And I know it sounds like, why do you want it to link to your watch? It's really nice. Like I could get an Apple watch and link it, but everything I own is Garmin and I don't want to, like, I'm just yeah. so invested. I'm more tempted to get the Garmin and then I can link it to my watch. So when we're walking in the uplands and everything else, like right now I have to pull my phone out or I have to pull out the handheld yeah. Like, okay, Pippa went on point. I don't run a beeper. I know kind of where she was. Like, I can look at my GPS and be like, okay, she's 70 yards that way. Right. But I have to pull my phone out of my pocket or I'd have to pull the handheld out. If I link it to my watch, it'll show me a compass and how far the dog is away in the direction of the dog. And like, I yeah. can always see my watch, no matter if I'm wearing gloves or anything else. Like, I don't have to do anything. Like, Unless sure. I have to make a correction for the dog for some reason. Like if the dog's on point and I don't have to do anything other than like just get up to the bird while I'm walking up, I can look at my watch and just be like, okay, the dog is that way by 30 yards. And by yeah, that yeah. point, I'll probably start to see her. But when she's pushing 70, hundred yards and she's on a point, it's nice to just be able to be like, or in some of the cover that I've taken you in at 25 yards, you can't see, you can't see anything Shoot. in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, that spot up north where we went looking for grouse last year, I was like, what the hell are we doing right now? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, you like you can't shoot five feet in front of you. Like, how are, how are you going to shoot a bird, you know? Like, there's eight million trees right here, now, um, which was kind of fascinating. Now, you know? you did, now, we were there. I think it was the second weekend of grouse. It was duck, northern duck opener. Yeah. Every single leaf was still on every plant, bush, and tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see it if, yeah, if all the leaves had dropped and all that stuff, like, yeah, way different, way different. But, yeah, it was still, uh, you know, the jungle of the north, so to speak, you know, just crap everywhere. But, um, yeah, no. It's it, it's interesting to me, the, these electronics that keep track of the dogs and stuff like that, and that's like... I've kind of thought about trying to get my dog to do it, but I'm like, ah, he's just, he's going to freak out. He doesn't like loud noises. And I've thought about like maybe trying to get with you and go out and do some like, you know, 22 shots and see how he reacts and stuff like that. But I I don't know. I don't think he's going to go, but cause it, and it's a shame dude, because he listens so good and you know, he, well, if he's never been around a gun, and he's got a strong retrieve drive. Yeah. But I mean, we can work it. We can see his reaction. We can gauge it. We can do a, like a true gun intro. Like my thought would be this. Cause we don't really know. Let's get some dead ducks. We I mean, we can either buy them or shoot them after the season starts. We'll oh, he'll find whole, them. 
we'll bring a whole duck back and we'll throw a bunch of retrieves for him and we'll get him super jacked up. And then I'll be like 50 yards away with my 22 starter pistol. You throw it and we'll shoot the starter pistol and see how he reacts. If, if he has a negative reaction, yeah, odds are you're probably never going to break it at this point. If he doesn't notice it and, oh, he's like, I want feathers in my mouth. I don't care about anything else. Oh, Just because yeah, he's yeah. there. I've known dogs that are super scared of thunder that a shotgun has never bothered them. Because- yeah, which is wild to me, you know, but... Yeah, it, it's funny because I think the one time I went pheasant hunting with Jay and uh, we brought the birds back here to clean. And I, you know, after I breasted them out, I hid the carcasses in the yard and he went and found them like, like now, like, sure. let's go. And he, he likes the feathers in his mouth for sure. That is for sure. But. Well, that's what I yeah. would say. Let's let's before we breast out some birds, we'll use one for training and yeah, well, or we can go buy a pheasant or go buy a quail or whatever from a game farm if you want to start before the season. I've yeah. got my 22 starter pistol. We'll just go out and we'll throw a bunch of retrieves for him and get him super jacked up on feathers and just keep his excitement literally as high as possible. Like oh like, yeah, like jumping around, like high pitched voices, everything, like just getting his energy as high as possible for that sure. For the, like right before we shoot that one shot. And then if he doesn't notice, then we just keep his energy high and we work it in into the point where we're standing next to each other. And if he doesn't care, well, now it's game on. Now we move over to a shotgun and see what happens. And now we just work that same process right over yeah. with that shotgun. And we just do it slow. We do it and we just keep that excitement high and just keep building on that retrieve drive and that and those feathers in his mouth. Now I got to buy some dog collar electronics. Thanks, Brad. Let's get your dog. Let's make sure your dog's not gun shy first, and then we can work. Yeah, on, then we can work on collar conditioning because that's a whole another subject. We yeah, we could talk about this later. But yeah, I mean the only other thing I've really bought uh, was a couple calls, just cheap acrylic calls, but I'm um, no acrylic. Acrylic's not cheap, man. You're they're probably poly, if they're cheap, they're probably polycarbonate. Fine, polycarbonate acrylics the high-end stuff man like yeah yeah this wasn't expensive it was cheap um but i mean i i know what call that is right there we'll call it out that's fine it's a buck gardener it's probably the double nasty or whatever they call that one such a great call to learn on legit call it the mallard hammer mallard hammer all right the double nasty might be someone else's call i know plenty of people that blow buck gardener to start yeah and that they never move away from it because they absolutely love it like I know a competition goose caller that's running custom guts in a Buck Gardner barrel, and like the sound it makes is phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could tell the difference between this and uh, one of the other ones I got, and uh, I like it so far. Um, I just got to keep practicing calling. Um, but the only other thing uh, I'm getting this year, hunting wise, is I I got to go drop my bow off to get restrung, and that's sure. basically it. Like. I keep going back and forth on getting a new bow because, like, Jay was pushing me last year, like, you need to get a new bow, you need to get a new bow. And, like, my bow is from, like, 2010, 2011, maybe. So it's it's probably 10 years old. All right. Um, But I'm like, Jay, how many deer have I killed this year? You have a brand new bow. How many 
deer have you killed this year <laughs> you know so it's like it's it's hard to justify to go out and spend a thousand bucks right you know what i mean right so i think i'm just gonna get my bow restrung like i got the new shotgun this year so maybe next year i'll get a new bow but sure um yeah so i, I gotta get that ready because yeah obviously i'm gonna do a little little bow hunting little bow hunt and shoot me a buck maybe a couple does fill that freezer fill that freezer up with some meat so. i got my i mean last year i put together my new deer rifle i put together that ar and 450 bushmaster dude that which thing that thing's is. taking a taking a couple deer and a couple of hogs now so i can't that thing like, should be called the devastator <laughs> <laughs> like, like, dude. Uh, yeah yeah and i'm not going to pick up a new bow i mean i don't archery hunt I mean, if I do get out for the rut, I use my crossbow. And for the little bit I use it, it works just fine. Sure. Like, to me, a new bow. Like, if I was to get a new bow, it would be a bow fishing bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's something I would actually use throughout the year. Like, I, I'm so focused on feathers because I have a dog. Sure. Like, when sure, I sit sure, up sure. in a tree stand, I feel absolutely guilty that my dog's at home and I'm hunting without without her. Yeah, see, I, w- I was curious about that because we recently had a conversation about, you know, I, I somebody had presented to me about possibly getting a dog. And, like, after thinking about it, I was like, yeah, no. Like, now is just not the time for a number of different reasons. Sure. But then I started thinking about it. Like, you know, hunting dogs are a ton of work, man. And I give credit to everybody that's got one and trains and all that stuff, dude. It's a ton of time. and time is not something i have a lot of right now but um you know it's uh would i would i feel the same way would i be like why am i bow hunting right now and like i love bow hunting man that's that's how i got into hunting was bow hunting deer you know what i mean so like it's got a special place in my heart you know but um no, there's know, some other 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 avenues you can go to, like versatile dogs. Labs are versatile dogs, but then you have sure. all your upland versatile breeds. A lot of them can be trained to blood track. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. another type of training. It's a Dude. different level of training, but a lot of versatile dogs will also trail blood. I uh dude, I I'm a huge fan of the hunting public. I hunt almost strictly public land. Um, and they've had some some calls where they've had to call on the trackers man and like i forget what it was dude it was some wild off breed of dog that you would have never thought would track blood and this thing found the freaking deer that the guy shot i mean they searched for this thing for like two days like the meat was spoiled but it was a it was a beautiful buck and they were doing the animal justice and right you know they found it but dude i forget what what breed of dog it was and i was like what and and even those guys were like we'll see how this goes you know like (laughs) i you know i don't know but man it's incredible you know dogs uh, abilities to do those types of things man retrieve birds you know uh find birds you know track wounded animals or dead animals you know that you know whether it be a blood trail or the blood trail goes like to nothing and then you know wound closes up but they're bleeding internally like right so many horror stories right where you know um 
you know, the hunting public has used dogs like that numerous times. I know a couple other like YouTube channels and stuff I watch, like they will recommend out, you know, some dog trainers and that, but you know, they've, they've found deer on those, you know, nightmare situations. And most of the time it's within a time frame to be able to still harvest that animal. Right. Um, you know, I think that one instance where they, the, the hunting public guys, like, uh, I want to say they tracked that deer for like two days, but, and the dog guy couldn't get out there right away. And, you know, they still needed him. So he came and, you know, tracked, tracked that deer, but, um, you know, what a, what a unique tool to be able to use an animal like that to, to find another one, uh, on a so-so shot, you know? Right. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, the amount of time they do in the training, like, and what those dogs are capable to do is pretty amazing. Yeah. I was trying to quickly find, there's a guy in my area. I can't remember. It's Jaeger something. I don't remember what kind of dog breed he's using. It might be a, it, it might be a wiener dog. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was, dude. Like it's, it might not be a wiener dog. It really looks like one. I yeah, can't it, remember what it is. Small, and I, right? I apologize to him right now for not knowing, but I know it is a total off the wall. Breed. Yeah. Like it's success rate is out of this world. Yeah. It's like 98% or something, 95%, like just something ridiculous, dude. And I know there was a guy, um, one of the guys from bowhunting.com, um, he shot a big buck. I think it was last season. Maybe it was a season before. Um, and he's got some land not too far from me, uh, from what I understand, um, that he was hunting. And I know he's got a bunch out by the Mississippi River Valley in Illinois. But he shot this big buck. And the, the buck he's actually... A dash, he's a Dachshund. Okay. Okay. Standard Dachshund. So it's yeah. not a wiener dog. So that dog. is a wiener dog. That right? is a wiener dog, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Dutch it is. Hound. Yeah, Dutch yeah. That, yep. So it is a wiener dog. Yeah. I was right. Yep. But he's but, he's running a wiener dog to to find deer. Like, and how crazy is that? Yeah, that is nuts. That is nuts. The deer that this dude shot made a huge loop. And when the dog came back to the track, like he followed the same track and then the, the trainer reset him and he continued on the other path and found his deer, dude. And it was like, I don't know, 140, 150 inch deer, you know, just a giant. So. That's awesome. Like it's, yeah, it's just amazing what a dog can be trained to do. Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. Little little work, and uh, you know, dog trainers are unbelievable, man. They got a lot of patience, you know. And I think that's why my dog's so good, and that's why I bring it up because, like, my wife has worked with them a lot. She works in an animal shelter, and you know, my dog's smart. You you tell him it, it's funny. His name's Trout, but you go Trout. Where do you go for dinner? And he'll look at you and then he say, where do you go for dinner? And he goes to his spot, sits on his <laughs> bed and waits. And then he'll wait there till you release him, you know, and stuff like that. Right. Like, like tonight, I, well, earlier when I got home, like I go to let him out and, you know, he sees a squirrel and he wants to go rip its head off. And, you know, all I got to do is go, Hey, and he stops and 
comes back and goes to the bathroom and you know comes back into the house so he listens but i don't know how he would do in a wild setting you know what i mean so yeah that's but. where training comes in you can do some collar conditioning some other things to help reinforce known commands and everything else and yeah 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 100 percent. 100 percent, man you got any other gear you're looking at getting there's always gear I'm looking at getting like I've been doing some stuff to the truck. Like I added a, a wireless switch to the truck. I threw a 20 inch light bar on the front. I threw two lights on the back rack that way there for all the logging roads. I'm running down at old dark 30 and everything else with the boat. Like I can actually see like really good in front of me. Plus some of the boat launches are just back woods, random launches sure. that have zero light and that they're super narrow. So having those, I already put lights, reverse lights on my trailer but then having these on the truck as well to illuminate the boat and then the boat illuminating behind it should really help in some of those launches that I use. Sure. Yeah. I've been thinking about it since you put those lights on the back and you, you had mentioned in the group chat, like this is going to be nice for rigging early in the morning. And I'm like, I should do that. Like that would make my life so much easier. Yeah, like you know, boat like, prep too, like getting the boat ready in yeah. the middle of the night or like not in the middle of the night, but like in the early in the morning, getting the right. kayak getting the kayak ready before a boat before a tournament when you're getting everything right. prepped throw them lights yep. on and you like you don't have to sit there with a headlamp anymore and like fight yeah. with anything i just turn it into daylight now so so much easier dude so much you got easier. someone tailgating you in the middle of the night that's drunk to turn the lights on yeah i like that that's even better that's even better it seems like it happens an awful lot to me but yeah i gotta look into that Folks yeah show. man that's super simple like it worked out great i really like it like that that was cool so i got that done um probably a new dog kennel that's been on my list for a while um, okay. i want to get something better at least a rough tough if not stepping up into like the gunner or primos or maybe a dakota level one like something that's far better like if we would ever get into a car crash like i, yeah. I really need to up my game there like sure. I'm using a relatively cheap kennel and I do strap it down and it's in the backseat of my truck, but for like most scenarios, but like when I'm out hunting with the dog, I move the kennel into the bed because I don't want a stinky wet dog next to me. And like if a dog right. would ever get skunked or something like that, I want it in the bed of the truck. So her in the bed of the truck, not it. Um, but uh, getting a higher quality kennel is also on my list. Nice. Yeah, that's that's key, right? Like, you know, you got to take care of the ones that take care of you. Right, you know? exactly. But no, I get that, man. And and yeah, I've seen your your little kennel. You know. Yeah, I mean, it works. It's fine. Like, it's better than her just walking around the back seat. If we get in an accident, she's not going to get thrown around. Sure. But in the bed of the truck, like, if we would ever roll or something like that, I want something that's a far superior kennel to what I own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense 100%, man. 100%. I dig it, man. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, no, no crazy purchases this year, not at this point, unless something would break or really or really happen. But just some small stuff, maybe a couple decoys here or there or something like that. But for the most part, I'm in really good shape this year. Yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty confident myself. Like, obviously, I made the one big purchase, but... um yeah, I might pick up a few th small items here and there myself as well. And, you know, I think uh, if I just keep plugging along and, uh, you know, maybe next year I'll pull the trigger on a new bow. But, um, 
yeah i'm excited man i'm you know like you and i talked on the phone it's like middle end of august is that time where i start getting amped up for you know getting ready for hunting and you know fishing kind of winds down for me and right you know i'll still fish here and there don't get me wrong but uh you know once once october hits it's it's balls to the wall all the way till january 15th or whenever the last day uh you know season is in illinois and or wisconsin so and then uh you know i kind of switch gears in uh, ice fishing and <laughs> all that crap so but yeah man i'm stoked stoked i'm super uh, jacked up for this season it's two yeah. weeks away like it's yeah. legitimately to, tomorrow tomorrow morning is two weeks from early goose and teal opener in wisconsin and i'm super yeah. jacked up for it and I'm a little over a month away to be that volunteer mentor guide for the Russ Grouse Society Grouse Camp, which is going to be an awesome. That's going to be awesome, dude. Heck yeah. So I'm super jacked up for that as well. Yeah, man. I'm stoked for you on that front. I know that's uh, something you're super passionate about. You know, it, it, it'll it be cool to see uh, see those guys have a good time with you. I know every time I go out in the woods with you, man, we have a, a good old time, a bunch of laughs and telling stories and all kinds of stuff man that's what it's about you know the the shooting birds is is a bonus for sure you know birds or deer but uh um yeah no i'm i'm super stoked for the season i'm ready for it to get here and I'm ready to uh start putting some meat in the freezer yeah buddy yeah i was looking at the freezer just the other night and like this thing's getting pretty low i've got plenty buddy, of hog, but the rest of my I, stuff i'm getting pretty yeah. low I've been out of ground since May or June. Damn. And I shot three deer last year. <laughs> <laughs> I got some sausage left. I think I got some, maybe some snack sticks left. All right. And yeah, it's it's Italian sausage and breakfast sausage and maybe some snack sticks. That's about oh I got I got back straps too. Like I've got back I've got back straps left. I've got two whole tenderloins left that I'm saving for deer camp so we can do nice. roll-ups again. Yeah. That so was I've got, delicious. So I've got two full tenderloins this year for that rather than just one. So I'm super jacked up for that. Um I've got a little bit of ground left and all my processed is is gone. Most of the meat I have is I still have some pheasant from a late season pheasant hunt at a farm which I'm holding off on that to make some soup. Were you, did you have some of that pheasant soup? Didn't you have some? Yeah. Of that made? Yeah. That so I'm phenomenal. super jacked up to that cream of pheasant soup again. Yeah. Um, those pinwheels I'm jacked up about, but for the <laughs> most part, all I've, most of my meat in my fridge now is that wild boar from, yeah. What was that? April in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tasty. Tasty. Yeah, man. How, how was that? Like, did you cook any yet? Oh, I, I can't tell the difference between that and store-bought. It is that good. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've never had wild wild pig or wild boar or whatever, um, but it's something I've always wanted to do. That's the thing, too. My wife has always been like, I won't hunt deer. I won't shoot sure. ducks. I save animals. But I'll go spear a hog. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, what? What are you talking about right now? Because there used to be that show on TV, and she tells me sure. all the time, "Yeah, I'll go shoot some hogs. I'm fine with that." Which 
I mean, yeah, they're an invasive species and right do extensive damage. So if you want to go shoot some hogs, let's go. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, man, you got to do see. what you got to do. Sometimes it just is what it is. Yes, sir. Faux show. Yeah, man. Well, I'm jacked up for the season. I can't wait to. I can't wait for it to get started. Um, yeah. Like we always end our shows with. I mean, might as well give everyone a couple. Might as well shout out the paddle and fin stuff. How they can find you if they've never, if they're first time listeners. Uh, go to paddleandfin.com. Paddle the letter N. Fin.com. Um, all the social media is at paddle and fin. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at b dot chiller c h i l l e r underscore, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, New Canoe Douglas Rods, Yak Gadget, P Line. <laughs> I don't remember Lakewood. <laughs> Lakewood. Uh, uh, he's not wearing his jersey. He can't read off his script. Yeah, dude. I forget. Uh, Mountain Dew. Uh, I always forget. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, shout out to all those folks. You'll find Thanks us both. Me. I mean, you're already listening to the Paddle and Finn, Feather and Fur. Brian here is the host of the OG show. Seven days a week content. Like yep. He's built a super solid found- podcast foundation here. And I always have been excited to take part. And it's always great to have you on the show. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As I've said in the past, and I say every time, if it wasn't for you guys tuning in, I wouldn't do this because there's other things I could do, but I do this for you and because it's fun talking to people. Yeah, man. And until next time, everyone, keep chasing that experience. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.